Welcome to the Blended Kingdom Families Podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, the founders of Blended Kingdom Families. Our ministry serves to equip marriages, unite families, and ignite faith so that you can flourish an abundant kingdom life. We pray that our podcast blesses you today. Hey guys, Scott and Vanessa Martindale here with Blended Kingdom Families. At BKF, we believe now is the time to change the modern day interpretation of the blended family. Absolutely, you guys. As a blended family ourselves, God laid it on our hearts to build a ministry that helps support blended families by equipping your marriage, uniting the family unit, and igniting your faith. Our mission is that you would be touched by God and experience His goodness through this ministry, that your family would have practical skills, resources, and tools to help you live that abundant blended life. Hey guys, Scott and Vanessa Martindale here with Blended Kingdom Families. We are so excited to welcome some special guests with us today, Sean and Lynette. Yes. Are you with us? The Reeds. Hello. Awesome. And surprise, surprise, you're not in our studio today. We are doing this via Zoom and we are excited to have you guys and uh, the beauty of technology, which is awesome. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, so we're excited to be here. Yeah, it's so great to be in the room with you guys. Oh, yes. And I promise you, you're on this huge TV right in front of us. It feels like you are right here yes, with us. it does. It's awesome. 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 Not with that uh, Texas heat. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come in the winter. It's much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys... You know, thank y'all so much for being here today. You know, we just want to share a little little bit about you guys to our audience and who you are and then, um, you know, start talking about this awesome book that you guys have out there. So just a little bit about Sean and Lynette, you guys. Uh, Sean is a published author of two books, Not Just Roommates, The Roadmap to Marriage and Intimacy, which is this awesome book right here. (laughs) And then we have God of the Valley, How to Navigate Through the Valley of Life While Maintaining Hope um, in addition, so another awesome book. Lynette, you are wife, mother, marriage and family pastor, along with Sean, speaker and YouTube vlogger. And together, you guys, they are the marriage and family pastors at Open Door Church in Greenville, North Carolina. They are Texas natives and we miss them. We, we, were, <laughs> we were talking to them prior to the show. They need to come back. They got to come back to their roots. Um, but for 10 years, the Reeds have been speaking to thousand people, um, thousands of people at marriage conferences, workshops, retreats. Uh, they've done some work with Exo Marriage, who we love, who are in our backyard, um, Pastor Jimmy Evans Ministry, and we just love them so much, um, as well as Lakewood Church Marriage Retreat in Houston, Texas. So you guys have been everywhere, everywhere. Yes. And, you know, we love them so much because they really love talking about building families and marriages and just, you know, our family legacies. And so we are just so grateful to have you guys here with us today and just dive in and hear your heart and your wisdom and knowledge. So first off, just tell us a little bit about you guys and, you know, anything about your family that you enjoy doing or anything you want to share with our audience today. So we've been married, it'll be 22 years in September, uh, just a couple of weeks. And so we've got three kiddos, all of them are officially in college. So milestone for us. And um, we're just a family that really enjoys having fun. We love Mm -hmm. traveling as a family. 
We love music, so all of us are somewhat musically inclined. So you can walk into our home at any day of the week, and something is mm-hmm. going on. Basically, so. Yeah. Love and it. so we we've really been blessed. We our youngest is eighteen, our oldest is twenty one, about to be twenty two, and so we have two girls, one boy. And what's really cool about it is all of them are leading in some capacity right now in ministry, which is really cool. Wow! We didn't, didn't like force them into that. In fact, we kind of tried to just leave them to find what God was saying for them in life, rather than us kind of controlling their direction. And so it's been cool to now see yeah. legacy. You know, in our kids, you know, the next generation kind of leading the charge and leading the church. So that's a big blessing for us. Yeah, I love that. It's so that good. is awesome. Yeah. Well, I will tell you guys, um, I loved your book. Um, Ooh, I have had a lot of roommates in my life. Um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got married, I, I didn't know that that was going to be an option. But after reading the book. I, I can see how you can fall into the roommate trap. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so first, I want to just talk to you guys and tell me, tell me why you wrote the book. Okay. Well, my wife and I, we went through a really, really, really tough moment at the beginning of our marriage. And when we initially, you know, signed up for marriage, we were dating, we were having fun, we were going out. It was all about flirting and cuteness and all that other good stuff. And then a baby came out, another baby came out, and another baby came out. They all came out back to back. Work intensified, bills went up, um, and all of a sudden, all the pressure and the demands of kind of the day-to-day, it was like, if you can imagine, there were like strings attached to me and stress and pressure and drama and strings attached to her and stress and drama and all that. And it was just pulling us apart. And after a while, we became roommates. I mean, literally, it was about paying bills. It was about making sure the chores were done. It was about just kind of handling business. And it wasn't an intimate relationship anymore. In fact, the more that we didn't see eye to eye on how to handle the business, the more uh, impersonal and more frustrating things became within a relationship. And it took us some years. And so a lot of how we overcame our struggles of being roommates with one another is written in the book. And that's where really it was birthed. We had a lot of uh, singles and we had a lot of people getting remarried at our church in Fort Worth at that time. Um, And they were needing wisdom. And so we were like, you know what? We kind of have a roadmap to to how to get past that roommate status. And so many people, when they hear about the book, they're like, Okay, that perfectly yeah. describes exactly what I feel like right now in my marriage, you know? Yeah. That's well, good. and I can imagine, you know, as, as married couples, it, it takes a little bit of acknowledgement to understand that you are, you have a roommate instead of a spouse. Because yeah. I think a lot of couples go into marriage and they don't know what to expect, so they don't know they're in that stage. Okay. They just think that it's a normal part of, you know, transaction of marriage. You know, I'm going to be married. We pay bills. We raise kids. You know, this is the transaction. Mm-hmm. So here's my question is, is as, as anybody who's listening to this, what signs would they look for in their marriage that would indicate that they're roommates? Oh, man, there's plenty of them. I think starting with, and this is going to sound crazy, especially off the bat, but a lack of sexual intimacy. Yeah. Mm. I think 
I think when the, the attraction factor begins to decline within a relationship and the tendency to just normalize the fact that you guys aren't sexually intimate and connected, when that becomes a regular thing, something is happening right there. Um, when you found the person that you're connected with, you were attracted to them intellectually or physically in some way you were drawn to them. And there's a level of companionship that only your spouse should provide for you, right? We shouldn't look for it outside of our marriage. And if we've gotten to the point to where you're like, we don't even have time for sex. We don't have time to go on dates. We don't, I don't, I don't even see you as attractive. I only see you as a problem. Mm. I don't see you as an enemy. When that becomes uh, your first thought, when you think of your spouse, instead of thinking the best of them, then I think that you're at a really dangerous spot. Yeah. And for me, I would say there are two things I would say. One is that fun factor, which kind of ties into the intimacy when you're not having fun anymore, when you don't look forward to going home after work, after Mm -hmm. a hard day work, but you'd rather take a detour, you know, to the Mm -hmm. store or to a restaurant and you're just trying to avoid to go home because it's just not fun. And then the other factor, um, it would be when relationship has turned from intimacy to task, Mm -hmm. where it's just more so, hey, did you do this? Hey, Mm -hmm. don't forget to do this. Are you going to do this today? Rather than sitting down and having meaningful conversations and sharing your heart and sharing Mm -hmm. your dreams, but it's all about the day-to-day tasks. Yeah. Yeah. That's good nuggets right there. And I I think new marriages or... You know, marriages that have been going five or 10 years, you know, they need to hear these. They need to understand, you know, it's, you know, if you have a fever, you go to the doctor. There's not a lot of temperature checks when it comes to marriage. Uh, Mm -hmm. Either it's good or it's bad. Uh, You know, that's kind of the way people judge it. So um, to that point, to what you just said right there, I think that that's huge in that what was amazing with us, we became distant and it was almost like we didn't realize it. Right. Because we were so put your head down and grind. You got to work. Right. Because you have to. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So you deal with yeah. traffic and, and, and work and everything else. And I know it sounds petty to mention traffic, but I mean, in Texas, mm-hmm. you, can spend, <laughs> you can spend a good hour to an hour and a half a day in traffic. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. And so you're away from them. And then you're focused on all the stresses of whatever your work life is. And then if you have children, then that brings extra drama, you know, all this baggage, in-laws and all that. And next thing you know, we're focused on everything else so much so that we've lost the, like you were talking about that fun factor and that joy of what's going on right here, you know? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I think too, like, you know, we lose that intentionality when we just, when we get to the point where we're just doing the day-to-day tasks and we, and we we're not being intentional about making that time with our spouse and making that connection time. You know, that's when, that's when we get into that dangerous territory Mm -hmm. of, Oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll have intimate time tomorrow. We'll make a time for it tomorrow. And then it doesn't happen, you know, instead of, you know, we always use that example of, you know, you may not want to go to the gym, but you always feel better after you do it. So just do it, you know, yeah. <laughs> in that moment. Well, and, and I, I, there are parts of the book that are just, yeah. they're just spot on. And, and when it comes to intimacy, uh, I love that you guys uh, connect technology and sex. And I know that sounds weird, but you talk about, you talk about you, you're plugged in to technology all the time. Um, we understand you're busy, 
there's nothing wrong with making sure that that technology helps you stay intentional. Mm. So can you, can you speak on that topic and just tell us your thoughts? This is his favorite topic. Well, it's, it's, I think it's really big in that if you don't set it, (laughs) then more than likely you will forget it. And we schedule things that matter. It's like I said, doctor's appointments. If you want that doctor's attention and you want their time, then you need to schedule that. You prioritize it and you have to be intentional about it. And when you have, especially if you're, you know, some of some of the listeners out there, you got younger kids and they're trying to barge in your room. Some of them trying to take over your bed. And that's that's your sacred space. And some of y'all need to kick them out the room yeah. and, and all that. But but when you want distraction free we're grown and we love each other time, you may have to actually schedule it. Some people have work schedules that are flipped. You know, one person's work at night, the other person during the day, and they barely even see each other in passing. Well, during that time in passing, you guys are going to sync your schedules to say, you know what? We're going to have us some time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I love love it. it. I know. Me too. That's awesome. (laughs) It it may seem, you know what's funny is it, it may seem... Uh, I think a lot of people have these misconceptions of marriage. They mm-hmm. think it's like, uh, and I, I think this is one of the things even I struggled with, is you got married and you think it's going to be like this spontaneous sex all the time. Yeah. It's not happening. You know, when you have kiddos yeah. and you have lives and you have people all around you and you have parents and in-laws, like you said, uh, the spontaneousness generally happens with one person and, and not with both. Um, so it's hard. So yeah. I... I I like that. Yeah, one of the things that we, we call one type of sex that we call it, it's kind of funny, but we call it rollover sex. And rollover sex is essentially where you just kind of roll over and you make it happen. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of work to get candles lit and sync some music and have a playlist ready and all that. And you need to do that. I think that that's cool if you can do that, if you're into that sort of thing. But if not, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to yeah. do what it's, you got to It's been a while and yeah. it just needs to be done. And so yeah. you make it happen. But, <laughs> To that point, the reason why we think that it's such a great subject is when we start talking about the the marriage covenant, sex mm-hmm. is more than just, oh, I want to just feel good. Yeah. Sex is, it is that's, I mean, that's a part of it, but it really is a resealing. It is a mm-hmm. commitment to the marriage covenant. It is saying to your spouse physically yeah. that you and I are one and we're going we're gonna to do this. And we're committed and de- dedicated to one another. And yeah. so that's why we think that it's so important that people remain sexually active in their marriage, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And most people don't talk about it, you know, because they're yeah. taboo. It's a, mm-hmm. for some people, it's a, a very sensitive topic. But I think uh, to avoid that roommate status, and especially when you get married, like you said, sex drives are different. Mm-hmm. Um, your anticipation of what you desire may be different than what your spouse uh, wants. And so just even having a conversation about, what you like, what you don't like is very important. But most people, yeah. you know, we can talk about what we don't like to eat. We can talk about our favorite restaurant or mm-hmm. where we want a vacation for the year, but we don't want to talk about how we enjoy sex. Exactly. But if you really want to be fulfilled in your marriage, especially it. sexually, you have to be, be willing to talk about it. No, that is so good because we've actually, you know, being transparent, we've had those conversations and, you know, sex can be enjoyable. Some, some, some couples might say, you know what, like 
for for women, we we typically hear on the most part, it, it may not be as as much as as the man, but it's like, do you know? Do you even know what you like? And like you guys said, having that conversation and you know discovering what you like. And 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 mm-hmm. here's the thing: it's like if you want to have more sex, have more sex. <laughs> you know, and yeah. being intentional. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So. <laughs> And, and, and I think this topic is, 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 is vitally important, and I'm yeah. so glad that we tackled it right here and now, because mm-hmm. your book talks about that, you know, and, and, and you're not roommates. You're husband and wife. Mm-hmm. You're joined together by God, and God created uh, that marriage, uh, and it can be, you know, sexual. It's okay. That's the way God created that, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, another part of your book, and it kind of, kind of segues here, uh, you make a reference to this, assumptions can lead to dysfunction, uh, especially when it comes to life plans or expectations. So how can you, you talk about these conversations, and some of them are challenging to have. Some people have, you know, guards up against talking about this. Mm-hmm. So whether that is sex, or that is career plans, or that is you know, uh, I think as couples get older, th- their parents, you know, what that plan is with their parents. Oh, yeah. um, but you say assumptions lead, can lead to dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use a phrase called death by expectations uh, mm-hmm. a lot. So walk us through kind of how you have those sensitive conversations mm-hmm. and not fall into this trap. Yeah. So one of the things that we implemented in our marriage quite a few years ago was very, very similar to setting aside time to talk about, you know, everything else. We actually make appointments with one another, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it's a topic or a situation that's very sensitive and you can't have a conversation on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, We try to do that all the time, kind of quick fly conversations and, that's where assumptions enter in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started reading my mind or you tried to interpret my actions and Sean was just way off or mm-hmm. I would be way off. And so the best way to avoid that is set aside time, schedule time with your spouse to talk. And so mm-hmm. if it's something that he has to share with me, he'll actually either text me or he'll just tell me, hey, baby, can we you know, talk? And later on tonight, or can we talk sometime this weekend? I want to run something by you. And automatically, I know it's not about the grocery list. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it's not about um, the car has got to be fixed, but it's a sensitive subject that needs time set aside to chat Mm -hmm. about it. And when we set aside that time, both people have to show up. This is something that we've agreed on ahead of time. We both have to show up and we're in agreement that we're going to be open to whatever the other person wants to talk about. And one of the things that helps us is to keep it limited to one topic mm-hmm. per time we have this scheduled. That's good. Uh, because if you all of a sudden you want to go through a whole laundry list of what you're miserable about in life, you're not going to make you'll, much you'll progress. <laughs> right. And, and so also another thing that helps is instead of us using an accusatory tone, mm-hmm. when we do schedule that time to talk, we'll typically say, Hey, I want to ask you about something that happened because when this happened, it made me feel 
like this, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to when you did this, you meant to do this, and I'm hurt because you did, you know, and it yeah. becomes this real confrontational thing. And so one of the ways that we eliminate the assumption is by coming to to one another in a humble manner, you know, but being honest. And I think that early on within our relationship, I'm confrontational by nature. I recognize early on that she would almost um, become so frustrated with the fact that I was almost complaining about something because she's a fix it type person. Yeah. She wants to, she wants to make it right. And whenever I would bring up something, she would like just feel crushed because it was like, she was trying so hard not to like get it wrong. And then if I brought it up, I felt like I was killing her to tell her <laughs> that something was off. Yeah. And then on the flip side, she would just kind of hold stuff in for so long, yeah. assuming that I knew, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, so it was a lot of, we didn't talk yeah. because I didn't want to hurt her and she didn't know how to actually approach me without me exploding. And so we had this, now I assume that she's angry or she's doing this intentionally. And all of a sudden, again, roommate status. Now we're on different corners yeah. of the room, you know, or different corners of the house because we're upset. I think that the biggest thing is seek to understand, right? not Good. seeking cues. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best way to stay away from assumptions. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if something is said or if something did happen, it's like, okay, what did you mean when you said this? Or, mm -hmm. you know, what did you mean when you did this? Help me to understand. Yeah. And yeah. once you do that, you're not taking it personally. Mm -hmm. And you know that the person isn't there to attack you, but you're trying to get clarity as to what they meant so that you guys can move forward. I think that's the biggest thing is, yeah. you know, we're very matter of fact people and we're very um, belief is really big for us. And so legacy is really big. And so in our minds, we're always wanting to move forward. And so it was very frustrating to both of us yeah. when there was an issue and we weren't moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so for us now, knowing that, knowing that that's a strength that we both carry, mm -hmm. we'll come to the table to say, OK, what do you mean by that? Because I know he's now thinking I don't have to assume this. We're trying to move forward. Yeah. So whatever we got to do to, you know, make that happen, to get past it, let's have that conversation. And so one, one last thing I'll say on that is now it, at first, when we would first have these conversations, it took me a lot of energy just to say, can we schedule a time to talk? <laughs> right. It was, it, it was a big deal. Cause I was like, God, I got to bring up something and we're going to talk about it. And the word confront mm -hmm. actually just means to come face to face. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I had this spin on the word confront. It was mixed with just a negative connotation. And, and I didn't see it as this is the way that you get healthy. You actually go to the doctor so they can get an x-ray and we can know what it is. We can diagnose it properly so we can get healed, right? Yeah. And we can move forward. And so now I see confrontation differently because we don't approach it as if we're attacking yeah. one another. We're just coming face to face with what the actual truth is from one another's perspective so that we can get past the assumptions and we can actually get clarity. Oh, that's so good. So good. When you were saying that, Sean, it made me think like, when you come face to face, like that's how you're going to solve the problem. Because if you're not coming to each other, then, you know, how, how else are you going to do that? So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the only, the, as you guys were talking, the challenge that I see with couples that they can, they have to get over is, is, uh, I know there's a tendency if, if Vanessa comes to me and says, Hey, I want to talk about something 
tonight. Oh yeah. I'm more in the line with I will drop if if I know there's a problem, I will drop everything and be like, no, let's talk right now. Right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's that's that that's that seed planting so that you can prepare for a conversation mm. without you know, your own uh, negative energy implying. Because when somebody comes to you and says, uh, well, maybe let's rephrase the words. I've got a problem with you. Right. Most normal answer is going to be defensive. Mm -hmm. Let me put up, (laughs) let me get ready because this is about to be on. So it's that tendency to say, I want to have a conversation about maybe a generalized Mm -hmm. topic or maybe something specific, but can we do it later so that both of us can think about how we want to address that. Um, Because, you know, conflict in marriage is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes we're not, I wouldn't say sometimes, I would say most of the time, we're not adequately prepared off the cuff to to have a healthy argument Mm -hmm. uh, that leads to a better solution uh, when somebody comes directly to you. So I love it. I love it. One of the other things that you guys talk about in here, and, and I'm, I, I kind of took some verbiage right from your book. So um, I'm, I'm just going to, you guys talk about submission mm-hmm. uh, from, with a husband and a wife. And it says, how can you take submission to one another to the next level? I love, I love that term, next level. There's normal and then there's, there's next, next level stuff. Level, yeah. So... <laughs> What did you what did you mean by that? Okay. So typically I had this one example of we were going through wedding vows with a couple that we were about to, you know, I was officiating a wedding for, and she actually told me, she was like, I don't want to say the word submit, you know, within the wedding vow. She was like, Can you take that out? And I was like, Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I and, and, and it was <laughs> it was in that moment that I was like, what's the problem with the word? So we had this long discussion. And I think that there's this negative connotation to submission to where it's like you're a doormat, right? Mm. That somebody could just walk all over you and you're just willing to allow them to do whatever. And that's not it. Submission ultimately is the ultimate level of humility Mm. to where you open yourself up to being uh, someone who lovingly serves another person. And, And it is a mutual expectation that God has for both the husband and the wife to surrender, to submit to one another. And what it becomes is when you have two people who are trying their best to get somewhere together, to build a legacy um, for fathers to bond with children and mothers to bond with children. And you got different households that are blended together. You try to make this thing work. It has to be a lot less about who's right. Yeah, it has to be more about what's right. And when a person is truly submitted, what it becomes is it's not just my plan. It's our plan. And it doesn't matter how smart I think I am. Mm -hmm. You bring something to the table. And I respect that so much that that's why we said I do. The surrendered spouse is the one who realizes it's better that we work together than for me to try to act like I got it all figured out. Mm. That's like an entire waste of a whole human Mm -hmm. who brings wisdom and love and strength and is going to help carry the load. Who am I then to say, just because I see it this way and because I've done my little deductions on life, that this is the best way forward, right? It's, It's like trying to see with one eye. 
instead of using both eyes. When you have both eyes, you widen the scope of vision. So why not take your plan, your great idea, and then you turn it over. That's what it means to submit. I turn it over to my wife and I say, hey, baby, what do you think about this? What is God saying to you? What do you see? And then she adds to that as well. And then it goes back and forth until we come to a place to where we're in agreement. That's next level submission to where it's no longer Sean's will versus Lynette's, but it's our will in alignment with God's will. And we're saying, all right, what do you think God is saying? Because I think he's given me a little bit, but I know better than to think that he gave it all to me. There's something you see. Oh, come on. Yeah. So let's come together and say, all right, this is what God is saying. Yeah. We, one of the things that we say to people is sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds like your spouse. Oh, oh yeah. When you aren't willing to submit to them. (laughs) That is good. Sorry. That is good guys. Sorry. Keep going. And, and, And when you cut them off, there's a high probability that you're cutting off the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Y'all, that is so good. When you were saying that, it, it's like when when you can when you come into that alignment, it, it's it's your form of worship as a marriage and as spouses together to the Lord, and your marriage can be your worship to the Lord. So, God, dog, that it's was good stuff that right is, there. Man, man. I love it. Wow. Well, guys, we're we're coming to the end, and and, and I. I, I, we could talk forever. Oh yeah. Um, y'all are coming back for sure. Yeah. And, yep. and, uh, and, and Vanessa and I are going to dive deeper in your book and, and, and really get into it. Cause we I, I think it's just practice you know, some of this stuff. Well, we're going to practice and we're going to, we're going to learn and, and we're going to get into it. Um, I like because it is it, whether you're teaching marriage all day long, it's still hard. Yeah. It's still, it's still hard. Um, so a new couple grabs your book. Uh, or when I'm done with it, I'm going to give it to somebody because that's that's generally what we do. Pay it forward. Uh, try to give it to somebody else. What do you hope couples take away from this? Oh, that's really good. I think that, you know, Pastor Jimmy Evans says something all the time. Marriage works 100% of the time when you do it God's way. And while I, I think that Lynette and I, when we first got together, we had the faith in God part, like we really did say I do before God. That's what kept us together when we were really struggling at our worst. That was like, that was all we had. It should have been more than that though. Mm -hmm. If we would have seen one another from the beginning as partners in building a dream, building this thing that God would flesh out in and through us, it would have been different. We just kind of got together. We liked each other. We, we believed that God wanted us to be together, but it just stopped there. It was like we thought that it was just going to work just because we had God on our side <laughs> and because we loved each other. Not like it was just going to work. We didn't talk. We didn't we didn't dream together. Yeah. We didn't examine one another's hearts. We didn't know our personality strengths and we didn't understand our weaknesses. We didn't evaluate those things. And lo and behold, we discovered all these tools. And like you said, a lot of it we talk about in the book, but now we've come to this spot where it's like, wait, it's about me still discovering what's in your heart. And it's about her still pursuing mine. And it's in that constant pursuit of one another and trying to understand one another that you see them 
as they're aging, just in a different light. It's this beautiful picture of you don't have to get bored with the person that you're with. It never has to become roommate status. Mm -hmm. If you continue to pursue, you know, your own spouse, if you continue to pursue one another on a deeper, more intimate level, it it can get better over time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I want people to get that. Yeah, it's great that you got God. It's nice that you guys love each other, but don't stop the chase. Mm -hmm. Don't give it up because there's something amazing at the end of pursuing their hearts together and then you guys build on top of what you discover from one another. Yeah. I, you know, I think the way that uh, Not Just Roommates is written is it's supposed to be like a little manual, mm-hmm. like a little handbook, you know, that you could give every new couple, you know, when they get married, you know, within their registry that you, you know, <laughs> you get them the item, you know, the sheets or the china, but then you also get them this book because it's just filled with so much practical application. Yeah. And we're living in a time where people just don't know how to be married. We did. Um, and I think we put ourselves on a platter. Uh, we used uh, all of the, everything in that book. We totally used ourselves and use it to this day, 22 years later. And yeah. so um, just having that manual, not just for a one-time use, yeah. but an annual type thing that you can use to better your marriage. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. I love that. Mm, so many good nuggets, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are oh, awesome. Lord, I just yeah. want y'all to know. I know. I'm like, y'all just move back to Texas so we can hang out. <laughs> hey, friends. We hope that this episode is blessing your socks off right now. And we just want to take an opportunity to talk about partnering together. If Blended Kingdom Families has touched your marriage and touched your blended family in some way, we'd love to partner with you. At Blended Kingdom Families, we're trying to reach as many blended families as possible, and we can do more with your support. So please take an opportunity to visit blendedkingdomfamilies.com and click partner. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Well, you guys, we this we always ask this question at the end of the show, and we know you guys are not a blended family, but you know ministry is blended kingdom families. But what to you is a kingdom family? What what, what would you say that is, or if you want to put that in? I believe that, and this is this is big. So we're we're working on some stuff right now, and one of the things that she and I we've been doing lately at our workshops, we'll take them through uh, just scripture, and we'll just kind of show like, listen the word of God is clear that God wants your family to be a conduit of blessing. Love that. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. mean, not in those words exactly, but it was going to speak. I'm pretty sure he's going to say something. It is okay. So, <laughs> so when you, when I, one of the chapters, I was trying to make it as quick as possible. If you go back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, yeah. the entire theme of the book of Genesis is blessing. It's mm-hmm. all it's about. Yeah. Yeah. God bless them to be proof of multiply. He told them to rule and subdue, take authority and dominion as a husband and wife over all the earth. And then God blessed the days and all that. Then finally you get to Abraham and God blessed him and his seed and and so on and so forth. And generational legacy. Mm -hmm. It was all about getting the blessing. So much so that Esau and Jacob, they were fighting over blessings. You know what I mean? It It was always about the blessing. And something's gotten lost over the years. The word blessing from God to us means empowerment. 
is divine empowerment to have good success in the earth. And I believe that God wants over every family. If they're struggling financially, if they're having difficulty with a child, um, there may be some special needs that are going on in a household, whatever it is that may exist, God is able to literally bless you to be able to have rulership and dominion over whatever your family may be facing in your yeah. home. You can do this yeah. because God is with you. That's a kingdom thing. Yeah. I, I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, especially around, you know, when they, well, when they would go off to college, um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I told them dominate Yeah, because that, that is what you were created to do. You were created to dominate everything that your yes. hand touches. That's right. And so yeah, that generation generational legacy, being able to join two families together and to be able to pursue what God has originally so long ago wrote down in that book for your family to conquer. Yes. To go conquer that. That that drives us mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Wow. Whee. Good stuff, guys. So good, you guys. Oh, my gosh. I don't want it to end. I know. I know. Sean, Lynette. <laughs> guys, we have thoroughly enjoyed you oh guys. Oh, my gosh, and, yes. And, and love that, that, that we get to, to, uh, to have a, uh, an eye opening into your heart here, yeah. um, into your book. And, uh, and we'll, we will continue to read this and pass it on. And I know anybody who sees this will be blessed if they grab a copy, mm-hmm. uh, tune in, continue to support your ministry. Yeah. And, Sean um, and Lynette, can you all tell us where you have it available so for our viewers? Get it on Amazon. You know, can get it through Kindle, everywhere books. So you can yeah. get, grab a hold to it. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, Love it. we, we want to say to you guys, uh, thank, thank you all so much for your support. Uh, we're grateful to, to just have been able to be connected with you guys. We appreciate the opportunity to be able to share what God has placed on our hearts with you all. And um, we hope you all enjoy Texas for us. We miss it. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, you know, the thing about Texas is eventually you come back. I mean, always. It's, it's, always. there's a comeback. There's a, there's a connectiveness to Texas that you just, it's okay to come back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Guys, y'all have a blessed, blessed day. Good yeah. luck uh, unpacking and uh, building your new new casa. And uh, and we will talk again soon, okay? Yes, we love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today with Blending Kingdom Families. Scott and Vanessa Martindale here. We hope y'all have an amazing and blessed day. Take care. Be blessed in all that you do. BKF community, we want to hear from you guys. If you would take the time to leave us a review and you can find us on all social media platforms. Our podcast is like on every podcast platform and you can visit us at our website at www.blendedkingdomfamilies.com. Yeah, guys, we're trying to reach every blended family all over the world and we can't do this without your partnership. So please take a minute, like, share, comment, review, tell your friends. Tell them they can all go to blendedkingdomfamilies.com for great resources.